Welcome to episode 72. We often underestimate the importance of sleep and how it affects our overall health. Well, on today's episode, you're going to learn how to get better sleep. This week's episode is with Joanne Callahan. She is based in Co, Kildare, Ireland. She is a certified health and wellness coach, sleep science coach, best-selling author, speaker, online trainer, entrepreneur, and mom. Joanne's first book, How to Get a Good Night's Sleep, has been a major success in Ireland and across the world. Joanne gives seminars, workshops, and online training in sleep, health, and wellness, and is a go-to sleep expert. Thank you for reviewing, downloading, and subscribing to our podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. Now be the messenger of hope and share this episode with one of your friends. Enjoy this conversation with Joanne. How would you like to master your mind to transform your life, overcome anxiety, trauma, doubt, and suffering to win daily and enjoy a life of confidence, peace, and freedom? This is your unique opportunity to work directly one-on-one with me in a breakthrough coaching. If you are interested, you can check out the link below and schedule your 45-minute discovery session to see if we are a fit. Welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. I am your host, Irina Shehovtsov, and I am on a mission to empower broken-hearted women to break the chains of the past and move forward boldly into the future. Single Parent Success Stories was created to inspire single parents out there who are struggling to help them realize what is possible. Hello and welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. Today's guest is Joanne Callahan. She is the sleep success coach. She is certified health and wellness coach and the certified sleep science coach. She is passionate about empowering children and families to live a healthier and happier life. Welcome, Joanne. It is a pleasure to have you. Hi, Irina. I'm so delighted to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you for being here. So please uh, share with us your story, who you are, what you do, how you decided to be a sleep coach, successful. Yeah, it's it's an interesting story. Actually, um, you know, I came from the world of programming, computer programming, and um, I used to work in a company for 17 years and uh, started off on a, a low position and worked my way up. Eventually, I was doing the programming for a number of years. And uh, so there's a vast uh, change between what I used to do and what I'm doing now currently. And how that came about really is um, I gave up my job after 17 years. As I said, I was working there for 17 years because I wanted to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, my baby actually died. And oh. through the result of that, she, she died um, on the day that she was due. So I carried her full term mm-hmm. and I went through all the, the normal grieving processes and um, uh, lots of depression, grief, all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I found a lady who actually helped get my life back in order. And I call her a spiritual coach, spiritual uh, healer, whatever term you want to call it. But basically she taught me how to love myself again and all the self-care um, elements that many of us are guilty of not looking after ourselves. 
And what I really got from that, Irina, was how powerful we all are as individuals and how we have the power within ourselves to take back control of our lives again, to be healthy. And it's not just eating healthy, sleeping well. It's all those things, but it's also what we have in our in our head. And I got into the whole sleep area through my coach. He told me to write a book. Mm. At the time, I became a qualified holistic therapist. And my clients were coming to me saying they were exhausted. They had no energy. They had lots of regrets because they couldn't play with their children, you know, go play football or get down and roll around on the floor with the kids and all this kind of thing. And um, that was when I said, oh, my God, people are really tired. They need more sleep or better sleep. So when I done the research, writing the book, I found it even more profound insights. And that was when I decided I got to share this with people. So currently now I'm doing online courses and workshops and talks and corporate talks. And I just love it, Irina. And I really want to create an awareness of how powerful sleep is. Um, as part of our lifestyle everything is important that's why we call it holistic but in my opinion sleep is the foundation because if you think about it if you're tired you're not going to have the energy to go for a walk to do some exercise if you're tired you're not going to be in the humor of making a nice prepared meal you're not going to put the time into it you're just going to want something quick something that will fill you up maybe a, a chipper as a takeaway um some kind of convenience food you can show in the microwave um so there is lots of reasons why we need to sleep well to enhance our other pillars of our health as well um but also to it really makes us feel good and our body works better and that's the bottom line so so that's why I'm doing the work that I'm doing today and I absolutely love it I love it. I think yeah, sleep is so important. And oftentimes we think it's underrated. Oh, I sleep later. But then like we don't look at the consequences, how much it attributes to our whole life when we are awake. If we didn't get that good night, enough sleep, then we show up half as good to everybody else and to ourselves. And to your point, we just shove quickly something in the microwave or do something yeah. like half-hazardly just okay. to go through the day and then where the day yeah. went. And even as a parent, Irina, like you're a parent yourself and you'll get this if you wake up tired and you've got kids and you've got to mind them. And, you know, it's very easy as a parent to just fly off the handle and give out to your child or be mean to your child or take your, uh, you know, if you're not feeling well or whatever as has been tired, you're going to take that out on the child. It's just too easy to do that. So it really makes sense and it really is a responsibility even for parents and I know it's difficult when we've got kids and we're cleaning the house we may be an entrepreneur as well like you and and I both are and so there's a lot to juggle but really when we can get a good night of sleep (laughs) it um it really enhances everything that we do who we are basically you know because how you show up you mentioned it how we show up in life um and that's literally you're showing up as a better version of yourself so um, your relationships with your children your spouse if you have a spouse or a partner your just relationships with everybody including your kids are just so much better so yeah it's really important not just for yourself but other people around you as well so yeah so it's really uh, really really important yeah yeah so please share with us what are some of the like three tips on how to get better sleep Oh, so there's loads and loads of tips but the top three that I really like and encourage people because First of all, we're all individuals. So we all have 
different needs. So there's no one quick fix for everybody, but there are some guidelines and you can adjust them accordingly. But the top three that I would have that I like to share with people, the very first one is the first thing in the morning when you wake up is within say 15 minutes, within 15 minutes or so of waking up to go outside and get some sunshine. And the reason I say this is absolutely crucial because we have this circadian rhythm. So the circadian rhythm is, it's like a biological process. We've evolved with this daytime and nighttime mm -hmm. uh, and all the, our biological, all our cells um, operate according to this clock. We have like body clocks and our body clocks, our internal system works according to the time of day. Um, so for example, we sleep at nighttime and we're awake during the daytime. We eat food during the daytime um, and we, we, we fast at nighttime. Um, our temperature changes according to different times during the daytime. In the afternoon, the, the afternoon slump, as most people call it, between one and three o'clock in the afternoon, we tend to, um, our body temperature cools down and this is often the best time for a nap. So we have all these different systems and our body correlates with the different times of day. So by getting sunshine first thing in the morning, it literally resets this biological clock, this circadian rhythm, it resets um, so that we can have an optimal day and have more energy and more focused first thing in the morning. And then our cortisol, which is our stress hormone, is typically highest in the morning time. So when we get the sunshine hit in the morning time, it allows the cortisol to come on. And this is what enables us to be focused and alert. So cortisol is a stress hormone, but it's not entirely a baddie. We do need cortisol to get us up in the morning, right? So we do, we do, it does serve a purpose. The problem is we're living in a very stressful world at the moment and we have too much stress. So ideally we want high cortisol in the morning and low cortisol in the evening time to allow the onset of sleep. So that's tip number one. So um, so getting sunshine for us in the morning. It's it's and I, I don't you live in New York, Irina, don't you? It's New York yeah. you live. Yeah, so you'd you'd probably kind of have the same, you'd probably have very cold winters. I think you have very cold winters. Yeah. So um here in Ireland, it's very overcast quite a lot of the time. And uh, so people say, well, how long should I sit out in the sun for? So if there, if you do have optimal sunshine, you know, 10 minutes could do, 10, 15 minutes. If, an, if it's an overcast day, like it typically would be here in Ireland, <laughs> especially in the wintertime, um, you know, uh, 25 minutes, half an hour sitting out in the sun. And I go out in the morning, I have a cup of tea and I have a chair outside my back door and I literally sit outside in the sunshine and get my, get my rays of sun. Obviously, if it's very hot, if you're living in a Mediterranean country, you don't want to be getting direct uh, sunshine. We do need to be mindful and responsible with too much sun and we don't want our skin to burn. So be mindful of that as well, obviously. So so take caution and use your own judgment, you know, what's safe. But generally, I don't encourage the use of sun creams because we do need sunshine to give us that vitamin D as well. There's a lot I could say about sunshine. I could go on for another hour, but getting the sunshine first thing in the morning is what's going to really reset that circadian rhythm. So that's that's tip number one. Mm -hmm. um, so tip number two would be, um, so in the evening time, we want to be able to wind down at nighttime. So staying um, in the conversation of light, um, the light from the sun is what resets the circadian rhythm, as I said. But what's happening now, Irina, is we're living in a world of technology and there's a lot of artificial light. 
so we all have mobile phones and um, I think nearly every teenager at this stage has a mobile phone I think it's terrible um, but that's another conversation um, so I, I believe technology is used in the wrong way it's not used responsibly mm-hmm. um, and it, when it comes to nighttime use we need to turn our mobile phones off at least two hours before bed now a lot of people would be like shock horror because we're so used to using our mobile phones some people bring their mobile phones to bed with them they they scroll to their phone while in bed mm-hmm. and a lot of people say to me Joanne, I need to use my mobile phone for an alarm clock, right? So to that, I say, that's fine. That's okay if you really need to, but you can turn your phone off. You can turn it onto flight mode or turn, um, I don't know about turn it off, but if you turn your phone onto flight mode, your alarm still works. Yeah. So um, we need to, to turn the mobile phones off because the blue light mimics daylight. So it's confusing the brain. Mm-hmm. It's sending the wrong message to the brain. The brain still thinks it's daytime. And it stops or suppresses our melatonin, which is our sleep hormone. So we need to we need to be responsible. We really, oh my God, we could do a whole hour talking about mobile devices. In fact, I did one with Elaine Godley. You, you did a, an interview with Elaine Godley recently. I did, yes. Sir. Yeah, yes. I, I did one with her there just recently, all about EMFs and mobile phones. But we really need to um, be more responsible around mobile phones, especially children, because um, and and maybe your your viewers can look at the interview with Elaine Godley on the EMF and technology I did with her. It's coming out very soon, um, but it can be really detrimental to your health. It can literally damage right down to your cells. All this EMF and, and technology, uh, but the blue light as well is is suppressing that melatonin. So that's tip number two: yeah. is to stop using your mobile phone at least two hours before bed so do you think that's something that you could do Irina or what habits do you have with your mobile phone <laughs> I've been practicing that for the past uh, how many years like three three or four years so uh, I'm totally yeah, on board with you yeah <laughs> yeah because we want to we want to come our brain out uh, and the more we use the electronic devices we in, involved in the interactive mode keeps our mind like crazed up and occupied and all excited yes. and we yeah. want to do the opposite and another thing also about the screens uh, because our mind is very suggestible immediately when we go to bed yeah we want to put good pictures in there maybe like you know how for children we read a fairy tale when they go to bed what if we read a fairy tale to ourselves or, or a book that to fill our mind with some positive images that is so true because when we're going to bed at nighttime, the, that's why it's never good to have <clears throat> to have arguments at nighttime before you go to bed or watch any um, like thriller horror movies because that's what's the imprint that's left in your head or even a book like reading horrors and stuff because that's creating an image in your head. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's a really great point. And um, especially for kids, like the fairy book stories or whatever like that, um, and something else I like to do before I go to bed is gratitude, practicing gratitude, because yeah. that really raises your vibration up and leaves you feeling good for when you're going to sleep um, so that you can drift off to sleep, but not wake up uh, during the nighttime as well. So, yeah, the content is is really important before you go to bed as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I love that. I love that what you said. A lot of people, um, you know, they say because I, I do feel you can watch tv before you go to bed right now a lot of people say no tv um but it's the proximity it's how far away the screen is so most laptops 
uh, mobile phones there within a four or two feet of our face. So it's a very close proximity. Whereas a TV could be, um, I don't know, six, eight feet away from you, um, mm -hmm. a good bit away from you anyway. So the proximity is a lot further away, but, but not watch horrors or anything like that before you go to bed. A nice comedy, you know, um, some people like to wind down using the TV. Some people don't at all, and that's fine. So whatever it is that works for you, um, find whatever it is for you that works to help you wind down at nighttime, but be mindful of the content of, of, of what you're putting in your head. So um, so tip number one, the, the getting sunshine first thing in the morning, and tip number two is be mindful of the mobile devices. Um, and tip number three, Irina, I would say, um, the habit of eating. So there's a lot of overweight and obese people in the world today, right? And it really does have an impact. Um, you know, they say um, if you're overweight, if you're overweight or obese, you have a smaller brain. It literally shrinks your brain. Mm. Yeah, Doctor um, Amen uh, often talks about this. So you can look him up. He's a brain specialist. Um, he works with the spec system s-p-e-c-t um so it's a real live imaging process um you know when you when you talk about the brain being suggestible you can pick it up in real time with the spec imaging thing that he does check him out he's really really good and he does an awful lot of stuff around brain health but um when you are overweight or obese it does it literally shrinks the, the the size of the brain and then obviously your brain is not working optimally so it's really important we have good brain function of course so it's not just what we eat, but it's it's when we eat. The timing of when we eat is really, really important as well. And again, getting back to the circadian rhythm. And um, we need to fast at nighttime. Um, so thousands of years ago, when we lived in the caves, we only ate during the daytime. We only had a small window where we ate. And we've evolved this way over thousands and thousands of years. So our body is primed to only eat during the daytime. So our body was never really wired to eat at nighttime. And we're in a different state at nighttime as well. We're doing all the healing repairing. So we need to give our body a break from food. Um, a lot of people will eat a heavy meal fairly close to bedtime. Like really ideally don't eat any, like finish your last meal three hours before you go to bed. Um, a lot of people like to finish their dinners with desserts, um, which is not a good idea because you know, you're filling yourself up with, with, with sugar. And then you've got insulin problems and, um, you know, when there's insulin present in the body, um, it, it interferes with the growth hormone, which is one of the hormones that plays a big role at nighttime. The growth hormone is involved in all the heat and repair and growth hormone is a fat burning hormone as well involved in your weight management. So sleep does have a correlation um, or an impact on, on your weight. Um, we, you can actually lose weight by sleeping well. That's another another conversation. Mm. Um, so we need to fast at nighttime as well. So ideally at least 12 hours. If you can make it to 16, th that will work optimally uh, for you. Obviously, if you, if you have any health conditions, you may need to speak to your nutritionist. But most people can do the 16 hours. But if not, 12 hours at least. We do need to give our bodies that, that break. Um, and, and that's really, really important. So... They'd be the three main tips and um, there's lots more. And obviously, you know, you may need to adjust or tweak it according to what you like, because we have to make all these. Um, we don't want to make them rules because nobody likes rules. Right. <laughs> and we want to make it as easy and simple as possible. So you may need to adapt those to suit 
what you like or you know whatever your environment is or your setup but um but their main guidelines for people to go to go by and um but yeah the fasting is is a really super important one as well and it's all about when we eat not necessarily just what we eat that's important as well but when we eat is something a lot of people don't consider this is so true and i've been practicing that as well uh for quite some time and I recently completed my whole body certification which was kind of confirmed the importance of intermittent fasting and importance of getting giving a body's rest because what happens when you eat right before sleep your eyes are shut but your body is still digesting food so in you wake up in the morning you feel tired because your body didn't was rest, was not resting it was actually yeah. still working yeah. even yeah, though we don't yeah. see it but it's all the stuff that's going on inside so and the food is is fermenting it's turning into alcohol it's fermenting it's, it's just sitting there and it's like we think about it oh my god but um yeah it's it's true it's true and then you feel really bloated and um it's just food just sitting there in your stomach it's just not nice yeah yeah and i called for listeners if you are brand new to this you don't have to introduce everything right away you can always start gradually start with a simple thing maybe pushing your eat last meal time uh, maybe by two hours and then increasing it slowly to three hours yeah but important to start doesn't matter where you are you can always start somewhere and get yourself to the next version yeah one one step one one small bite at a time or and uh and just even if you're moving slowly forward at least you're moving in the right direction Mm -hmm. and um uh maybe even just pick one of those tips and go to work on that you know like if 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 you want to make sure you get out and get sunshine first thing in the morning or maybe tackle the mobile phones but pick pick one thing so that it's not overwhelming and it's not too much um, and then gradually, as you say, Irina, you, people can work their way up to um, optimizing all the tips and there's plenty more tips out there. They're probably just three of the main ones. And if you can get comfortable with those ones, you know, everything else might fall into place naturally for you. You will find, you know, you'll probably start going to bed and getting up at the same time every day and maybe not using an alarm clock. Ideally, you know, alarm clocks, if you think about it, it's an alarm. It shocks you. It, it um, shocks you in, into when you to waking up. And that's not an ideal. If you think about it, it's not an ideal, ideal way to wake up first thing in the morning. You know, with an alarm, and um, we want to wake up gradually and naturally. And um, so, ideally, if you can wake up without an alarm clock and feeling refreshed, well, that is just perfect. Yes, totally. Thank you. Hey, Serena, jumping back here real quick. In a single moment, your whole life can change. Will you choose to fight it or invite it? Sacred Surrender is a new book I recently co-authored. What does surrender mean for you? Do you believe that you came here on purpose? Do you believe that you are here to be part of something bigger? To remember the path that leads to your divinity, wholeness, and destiny? May these stories remind you that life is always happening for you. If you like to get your copy and read my story, check out the link in episode notes. What do you think is important, most important trait to instill in a child? For a child, I think, do you know what it is with children? Um, children don't learn 
by what you tell them to do. You can be blue in the face telling them to do this, do that and do the other. But if you're not walking the talk and you're not doing it, well, they're going to go. Yeah, right. They actually learn by your behavior. They literally they're like sponges. They mimic what you do. So what I say to parents is be be the person that you want your child to be. You put away your phone before you go to bed at nighttime. And, you know, this thing of people having these mobile phones 24 seven, like literally attached to their arm. So when we're sitting down at the dinner table, having dinner, this is a ritual as far as I'm concerned. And it's really missing. A lot of people, um, they're on their mobile phone, you know, when they're eating their dinner and um, put the phones away, be with your family. And for the parents, especially because kids pick up on that subliminally, the message that the children are getting is that the parent is more important or the mobile phone is more important to the parent right now than the child is because you're not given even if you have your mobile phone turned down on the dinner table it's still saying to your child because you're still attentive to that mobile phone if it bings or pings or anything else you know and there's a very strong um subliminal message going to your child that um they're not they don't have your full attention so i can't stress this enough simon sinek talks about it look up simon sinek and technology he talks about it all the time about mobile devices and how we're just so attached to it and so focused on the mobile device that we often forget about our children or even if you're in a workplace um and it's not good communication we need to be able to connect and especially with our children but children learn from what we do so um so I think it's 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 down to us to walk the talk and be the change that we want our children to be. Totally, totally agree with you. Yeah, it doesn't matter how what we say, it's what we do. <laughs> because they observe. Yeah, absolutely. They're very clever. <laughs> yeah. We could we could learn from them actually. <laughs> yeah. If people would like to uh, find out more about you, where would they go? So they can find me on joannecallahan.com, J-O-H-A-N-N. That's how I spell Joanne. Or you can just do a Google search on Joanne Callahan, and you'll find me popping up on in social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, all the usual areas. Um, so just do a Google search and they'll find me. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing those important tips about sleep, which we often feel it's underrated but it is very important thank you so Absolutely. much for coming on and sharing with us you're welcome Irina thanks a million have a great day thank you if you like this episode please share with somebody who would benefit you can leave comments topic suggestions and add your reviews on apple podcasts it also helps greatly when you download the episode if you feel lost, emotionally hurt after divorce and want to rediscover who you are, you don't have to do it alone. Join our community on Facebook, Limitless Women, Self-Love, Mindset and Support for Relationships, where we hold trainings and various events to help you thrive and become happy again. Because life after divorce is possible and can even be great. If no one told you today, I want you to know that I love you and believe in you because you are limitless.